2: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre sales to select campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: The volume. This
3: is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire for Friday, January 19th, big big football weekend is here. Divisional playoff weekend. 8 teams left. Only 7 NFL games left on the slate and to usher that schedule in, we have Doug Kazarian, former ESPN gambling guy. He's kind of started his own deal. Um he's had a lot of success on the uh on the gambling contests uh placed, I believe. Um, it top 50 in both contests. He posted about it on his Instagram. Congrats to Doug. We break down all the games and talk about like, you know, the life of a pro gambler. He's not technically a pro gambler since he's taking money. It's an interesting discussion. I think you'll like it. And of course, um, uh, we are mostly on the same sides for the games, especially the Kansas city one. Before we get to that couple of items, little house cleaning to take care of here. I initially was not going to respond, but Rob's like, yeah, you need to respond. Um, as some of you may have seen, um, Cam Newton, you know, he waited, laying in the cut, did not reply initially when I put out, I don't know, a month ago, did Dak Prescott had a better career than Cam? Not a knock, just the facts. Like, look at the numbers, uh, look at the consistency of Dak, look at the passing struggles of Cam. Yes, I know he's a dual threat guy. At any rate, The Herd put the video out when I hosted, I don't know, a month, month ago maybe, maybe more, six weeks, I don't know. And at the time, people were in opera, but nothing from Cam Newton, which is fine. So Cam waited. He called Dak a game manager. He called Tua a game manager, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy. And two of those three will finish in the top three in MVP voting. I'm pretty sure Purdy and Dak. Maybe Josh Allen sneaks in ahead. But essentially, I pushed back on Cam, and I was like, dude, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, you won an MVP. Yeah, you went to a Super Bowl. I mean, you never had back-to-back winning seasons. And, you know, listen, it was rooted in fact. This is not, like, straight-up opinion. I know everybody remembers Cam, the Dab, Superman. I was a huge Cam Newton fan. He's a Cuban highlight reel. And then you start to dig into the numbers. And, yeah, I know sometimes the numbers lie. I don't think they lie here. It'll be interesting to see if Cam gets into the Hall of Fame. My guess is no, he won't have, like, the career numbers. And I think there's kind of a reason he's out of the league so early. Um Anyways, so Dak struggled against the Packers. Another playoff letdown. Uh, pick six, early interception by or Alexander. They lose, and Cam comes out. <clears throat> I got the receipts, Jay. Don't try to do this, that, and coming after me on on a post that they put on, I guess, his podcast, and they put it on uh, Twitter and Instagram or whatever. And, of course, he he, I guess, didn't do his homework or tried to do his homework, and he's like, Now, if I was to talk about you, you got fired from your job. You flunked out of school. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Flunked out of school? Do I need to take a picture of my diploma and post it? Like, I I, I don't know where he got it. I don't know who's helping him with research. At any rate, the funniest part is, like, you know, you get aggregated every now and then. But this was totally different in terms of, you know, who's aggregating it and are they tagging me? So, you know, you got complex sports, no tag, a couple, something called baller alert, which has like 8 million followers, bro. How are you going to do a post? Talk about me. Talk about cam, the pods, blah, blah, blah. And not even hook hook a boy up with a tag. You got 8 million followers. Very strange. I I thought that was a little disrespectful, frankly. Um, at any rate, uh, I'm not going to waste my time going into it. Like you can look at the numbers, you know? Yes. Cam had a bad playoff game. Listen, perfect time to come after somebody, um, get aggressive. I totally get that. But the fact of the matter is he, Cam has one more playoff win than Dak Prescott. Dak's got like 5, 6 more good years left in the league. Okay. These 3 years of three straight years, 12 win seasons for Dak. Like Cam never got back-to-back winning seasons. You know? Like there's a reason running quarterbacks don't thrive and get to Super Bowls. Maybe Lamar bucks that trend, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he has much to stand on, but go off, King. Um, in other news, now this one was interesting. Mike Florio is floating the idea that Andy Reid could retire after this season, regardless if they win or don't. And it's funny because as we're prepping for the herd, you guys know I'm hosting today, one of the topics that I had sent to the team was what happens if the Chief lose this game in Buffalo? And like the second order effects, the third order effects, just this is interesting. So the number one thing is Mahomes' cap hit is 37 mil this year. That jumps to 57 next year. Here are their free agents. I went through the free agent list uh, in 2024. So Chris Jones is not happy with them. Remember, he was holding out, missed the opener. He wants out. He wants to get paid. Chiefs aren't going to pay him. So Chris Jones, their best defensive lineman, gone. Donovan Smith, starting left tackle. Free agent. He has not had a great season. Mike Edwards, starting safety. He's been pretty good. Yeah, Okay, he's been good. Free agent. Um, The kid, Willie Gay, the linebacker. Derek Nandi, the defensive tackle. Who He's been awful this year. He's graded out as one of the worst defensive tackles in the league. Jerick McKinnon, invaluable. Uh, number two back behind Pacheco. He's a free agent. And Legereus Sneed, the cornerback who they love. Now, I cannot imagine them losing him. He's been excellent, one of the top corners in the league, big physical guy, got in Tyreek Hill's face. Between him and McDuffie, it's a dynamic duo. Those are all free agents. And Mahomes' cap, hit goes up by $20 million. And oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey, I'm not ready to say he's washed. He's had some distractions this year. Maybe he's not as focused, but he's getting up there in age. The numbers have not fallen off a cliff, but they've gone down. So you tie all this together, you say, oh boy, there's no direct path to major success. Like maybe Rasheed Rice breaks out as a star and they draft some kid in the first round who's a baller on the receiver. I don't know. But there is a path where the Chiefs, who had an amazing run, are now kind of sort of sputtering. Okay? And you wonder, is... The reason Vrabel's been so quiet on the coaching front is because he's aware of this. And Vrabel, who actually played near the end of his career with the Chiefs, maybe Vrabel knows this. And maybe Vrabel's like slow playing everyone else and he's trying to to jump in and get Andy Reid's job. Vrabel, let me see. So he went, he was in Pittsburgh, then New England. And yeah, the final two years of his career were in KC, uh, you know, 2009, 2010. You wonder, oh, boy, I'd love to get back to KC. I'd love to have Patrick Mahomes. If you think the Chargers' job is good, what about the Chiefs' job with Patrick Mahomes? Now, obviously, staying on top forever is difficult. The league is structured, so nobody does that. Belichick and Brady were a massive outlier. Doing it for like two decades until that fell apart. It, it just is. It's an interesting potential not derailment of the Mahomes train, but again, if they lose his first playoff road game, uh, maybe maybe it's not like a rebuild, but like a reload. They do have a bunch of free agents I just rattled off. And oh, by the way, Jim Harbaugh may be coming in the division with the Chargers. Um, Sean Payton will not stay down for long. It sounds like Antonio Pierce is staying with the Raiders, which isn't bad, but I'll wrap it up here before we get to Kazarian. If you look at the 8 teams left in the divisional round, okay? Here are what the quarterbacks are making. You've got Purdy, Stroud and Jordan Love on their essentially their rookie deals. Jordan Love had like a 2-year deal at the end of his rookie de- uh, basically he had like a a a, a slight tear up and a prove it deal, which is essentially the rookie deal. Baker and Goff are firmly middle class quarterbacks in terms of pay, and then you had three guys at the top. Lamar, who just got his new deal. You had Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and you had Josh Allen. You have to wonder, the next batch, the next guys coming up, does Trevor Lawrence get paid? Justin Herbert's been paid. Joe Burrow's been paid. How difficult is it going to be now that these teams are paying their quarterback? And do we see, I don't know, is Stroud here to stay for a couple of years? Because Aaron Rodgers cracked the list. Tua and Miami were close. Do they reboot around a new quarterback and they're right back here next year? I'm just the, – the most fascinating thing about the NFL is these quarterbacks on the cheap deals. You know the Niners aren't going anywhere. Eagles just paid Hurts. Like it, it's really fascinating to look at the the team buildup, around, especially around the quarterback. And now without further ado, let's get to our NFL divisional wild card guest, Doug Kazarian.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
3: Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
4: I know what sports
0: fans want. But for everything he doesn't,
3: he knows a guy who does.
0: Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's
4: welcome into Straight Fire, a first-time guest on the podcast. We couldn't get him before because he used to be at ESPN. He's a gambling guy, lives in Vegas, just did well in the season-long Circa uh, Millions contest. Doug Kazarian. Doug, how are you, my man? It's
3: good to connect. I I know we talked uh, about having me on a while ago. I apologize for the delay on my end, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm situated Here in Vegas, has been about, wow, three and a half years. Now, I lived here originally seven years before, so over a decade total in Vegas. Mm. And things are good, man. I'm really happy, all that good stuff. And I'm excited to be joining you here on the podcast.
4: Yeah, I I can barely handle like a three-day weekend in Vegas. You're doing a decade. Wow, that's (laughs) impressive. We've had ESPN guys on, Fortinball's been on, Preston Johnson a bunch of times. Uh, But you bring like a different element because you walked away from ESPN and now you got your own deal going on. And you're like, I don't know, Doug... If somebody says you're a professional gambler, like how do you react to that? Like,
3: so it's funny. My buddy and I were talking about this. Technically, I think you can only be a professional better or gambler if your only source of income, or let's say ninety percent of your income, comes from betting. I think it's hard to say I do this, but then I'm also like I get a big paycheck from somewhere else. Like the the, the true professional betters I know, and most of the ones are off the grid. Their only source of income is is betting. Now, once legalization happened, you saw some qualified, legitimate pro bettors. like you mentioned, Preston. Like he was for X amount of years or whatever it was. And then he started to do some some on air stuff here and there, did okay. ESPN part-time. And I don't think that he loses his credibility at all as a professional better. That's not fair to him. I um, agree. Because this was just surplus and there's so much overlap. It's not like he was like a lawyer on the side and you know, had these these worlds overlapped and of the venn diagram i just i i think some people talk about being a pro better and then they're like have a regular gig where they get paid and it's just like well so i can't say that now this whole venture i'm on is different and i definitely doubt, thought about going off on my own and riding off in the sunset but i think just where i was in my broadcasting career and where the space was in terms of the betting space i didn't think it was like this the sound judgment i i, I had to see this project and wanted to do this venture but I, my partner is a 100% pro better. Wow. Uh, the guy, he is like off the grid. And that's the thing that people don't realize is that the sharpest, sharpest, sharpest guys in the world, aside from a few that have done some contests and will do a, a spot on a podcast like yourselves or something, the, most of them are off the grid completely. Right. They're involved in syndicates and things like that. And, and I think – and I haven't done a good enough job of explaining this, so I'll, I'll let you guys and let your audience have it as – anonymity is like the Holy grail in pro betting because these sports books cut everyone off. You're I mean, people don't realize this because they see the tweets from these sports books saying, Oh, we took a $300,000 bet pro bettors get limited and get cut off. I'm not allowed to bet at three sports books here in town. And my limits have been cut in some of the other books on the national scale. And it just is what it is. It's part of the business because they have a bottom line to maintain and I get it, but don't think that pro bettors could just walk in any book and bet over the counter. Like they get limited, they get asked to not, not play there anymore because they're advantaged players. It's like card counting, right? So they're, and that's the parallel. It's not the same as card counting. And I know Portnoy made that comparison a while ago with something, but it's just, you're an edge player and you're going to bet where you think is niche. Now an edge may be in the super bowl, the favorite minus three and a half points or whatever it is, but it's typically some other stuff, some second half totals or whatever. So pro bettors who make a lot of money, it's not worth them to go do a TV show. Because they're gonna lose their anonymity and not get paid accordingly. So yeah. like these networks pay, you know, Fox pays all these like Jimmy Johnson and and all these yeah. other expert, they pay them handsomely. Pro betters would love to get paid like that to go talk about betting on TV, but the networks aren't paying that for an ex-professional better like they are an ex-professional football player or a basketball player or whatever. So they're not it's not worth it to them financially to give that up to go be on TV. Because they lose that their anonymity. Because, like for example, my partner goes into sports books, like wears a fake credential, like he's in there for a, a convention and to cash tickets and things like that. They hide amongst the masses, and so he. Yeah, but last but thing so when gonna, he
4: comes in, I mean, like you can hide as much as you want, but if you're like, hey, I got to collect 150k they're going to look at the ID and he's going to get he's going to get banned, no?
3: Right, right, but he's betting, you know, the max bet on like a prop which is like $500. You know, he's it's not just betting 150k. He's getting ah. down doing other ways to get down. So, there's just other ways to do it. Kiosks, you can do other things, but it's just not worth it to the real real the guys who you know, who really thrive in this element. Now, some may want to do it eventually and get sick of the rat race and get sick of getting cut off and doing all the all the headaches that come with it. But that's what people need to realize. So, in a lot of ways, like um, the experts on TV or whatever in the in the betting space are are not really like the Super Bowl champs, if you will, if you want to do the parallels of football. Like they're not out there be- the, the sharpest of the sharp. Now, some are, mm-hmm. and I and I obviously talked to all of them, and I want to I shared that on air for so long, and obviously I learned along the way. But it's there's a lot of just like content creators out there. And it's really become like sort of sports radio with just a different entry point, right? Yeah. A lot of the platforms, and that's okay. That doesn't mean it's bad. And sometimes the topics can get a little technical, but Mm -hmm. you know, the day, like we're taping this like the day after Mike McCarthy's brought back or the day Mike McCarthy, like a lot of quote unquote betting shows that have three hour shows and two hour shows are talking about the Cowboys and McCarthy and reacting from sort of like a sports talk radio standpoint and not necessarily betting standpoint. So it's a lot of just content that's being discussed often through the lens or the entry point of betting, but it's not like, Hey, you listen to this, you'll make money,
4: which no, no, no. Again, I, 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 I don't think anyone thinks that. Right. I mean, I would right. hope people, you know, don't say, Hey, you know, um, X person on ESPN has a gambling deal with draft Kings, whatever. Uh, I'm going to listen to them and make money like that. I think I, I would assume this, I know this audience knows better than that. I mean, we've had Rufus Peabody on, he's a, technically a professional gambler. I know yeah. he has his own little shop. Um, I don't know, Doug, but do you even want to be a professional gambler? Like the stress um, uh, of just, you know, being gambling all the time. Like, don't you need, like, frankly, Doug, I'm excited for the NFL season to end. I'm just (laughs) worn down from gambling the entire season and being on top of it and producing content. Like it, it wears you down. It does, but I've been betting every day for like the last 15 years. So, Oh my gosh. Every (laughs) day. And
3: you say stress. I mean, I'm sure there's days I take off here and there, but like. With the sports I do, so I do NFL in college, yeah, and then I do NBA, yeah, with some college basketball, and then WNBA in the summer. I, and I'll bet like ten baseball games a year. So okay,
4: all right, well, uh, at I, least I regular guess season fair.
3: But like WNBA takes like a couple of days off there in the week. But also like I do so much live betting that the grind yeah. of like, like hammering out like prepping in the morning of like baseball lines, like I don't do any of that. Like the broadcasting career is like exhausting too. Like it was fifteen hour, you know, twelve hour days and stuff like that. Just you yeah, know, getting well, ready like anything, I mean, like you know it is. You've grinded your whole life, and you've, yeah, you. Yeah, but they this basic, You know, they're there. like, hey,
4: hey, we got We got to manufacture six minutes here. Can you? Can you do six minutes? Like that's cake. But if it's like, hey, man, I need you at the uh, at the gambling kiosk, or I need you at this computer screen, so we don't miss the half point move. For I need you there for like right. four hours. Like to me, right. that's brutal. Okay, I add so zero. Interest two
3: in. things: it's cake for you to do six minutes of vamping, but the reason it's cake is all the hours you've put in, but also the Fair. prep you've put in. Investing and immersing yourself in the space, like I can, you know, the nightly uh, YouTube show I do. Like I vamp, I have no, I have some notes, but I don't script anything, and I do thirty minutes. Yeah. Like that's because I'm twenty four seven living this stuff, and I've watched every NBA game. I have a five TV set up, and I watch every so I can talk about every team and and vamp. But the same way is for you in broadcasting. But to your point, and that's a great point, and you could pull back the curtain. There's a lot of people who do log those hours Oof. and screen chase and. Screen scalp and do all that. I do not. Obviously, you always want the best number, but I'm such a different handicapper, and I don't sit there all day and grind and run around a kiosk like once in a blue moon. If I see like a rogue situation or whatever, um, yes. But you're right. I, I couldn't put in those hours. Yeah. Like I have a buddy who's an uh, basically does what you do on Wall Street derivative trading. He's an arbitrage better, and he just literally scalps basically prop bets. And so he used to back when I first lived here from 05 to 12, used to drive around the books and literally take like Kobe over 28 and a half points minus 110 under 30 and a half, you know, even money and basically create a contract that Kobe would land exactly 29 and 30. I could never do that. But I mean, he's made. He obviously has a multi-million-dollar house. He's done a bunch of stuff. You know, just that across the board, it's very lucrative. Yeah. But to your point, it's exhausting. It takes years off your life. It's not the path I have. Yeah. But there are different forms of pro betting yeah. And to your point, that one is definitely more taxing and that kind of stuff. I'm just more in-game betting and things mm-hmm. along those lines. So, and then some so handicapping in advance.
4: In terms of sitting in front of the screen, like uh, we had Will Hill. You know him. Uh, mm-hmm, of course. And- so you know he sent me a DM, "Hey, this this line is like way off if you want to jump on it." Uh this was like 3 weeks ago. I think college football to- team total. I didn't see it for like 4 hours. <laughs> you know, I'm not like I'm right. not like all up on social media. I got the I got the wife, I got the kids, I got the dog, like I I don't know. So I'm not as dialed so I missed an opportunity there, but I don't know. It it used to take some years off your life like how is the Vegas living when it comes to gambling? Like there's only 7 games left in the NFL season, right? For this weekend, um I don't know. Are, are you, you're not worn down from from doing in game betting all season?
3: Oh, I sure am. I, I, I was oh. telling you yesterday over text to try to schedule. So I have the flu. I'm coming back from it, so I had to like you know gauge my energy level. But yeah. I, I think I'm not. But again, I don't. I don't hammer openers on Saturday morning for the next week's college football or Sunday night for next week. That's just not what I do because I'm producing my show or whatever. I, I, there's only so much you can do. Like my partner hasn't bet an NBA game in 10 years, hasn't been a baseball game in 12 years, Woo. and he only bets college But You just can't do it all, right? Especially because the TV executive now stage every game, so it's a full day. I mean, every holiday is now a betting holiday. So Christmas, Thanksgiving, everything is like – it's just these games are separated all throughout the day, and there's no break. So, yes, it does become taxing from an in-game betting standpoint. Gotcha. But there's – and there's also – so many people in the space now right there's so many experts of every field that you have to sort of combine talents like I have people I really rely on for golf because I like golf action I can't handicap so I have a guys that I consult and I don't even say partner that they just share information with me and if I hit one of their things I'll throw them some, you know throw them some money or whatever but I, I want I want their 200 to one or their 80 to 1 or 30 to 1 you know for the weekend so I got a little rooting interest and they've already played it so if they tell me what they play. And if I can get something similar, yeah. I'll play it and obviously take them out to dinner or whatever, thank them or give them a shout out on air or whatever. Um, and then I'll do the same for them, right? If I have an NBA um, situation or something like that, that lines up that I want to share with people. So there's a, I don't want to say uh, honor amongst thieves, but there's definitely like some shared information yeah. because you guys are all in it together, but you're also competing against one another in a lot of ways. So there's some stuff you have to take care of yourself first, but everyone can eat in a lot of ways amongst your peers or amongst your circle. I think the inner circle is the key. And that's what I've tried to uh, share on air um, throughout my last handful of years at ESPN, And even now is my, my inner circle sort of works. And I try to aggregate from that. And I appreciate the efforts of everyone involved. And I try to return as much as I can.
4: All right, let's get to NFL games this week. First of all, did you bet any of the openers or what, what was the first game you bet this weekend? Whether so, it's a total yeah. first half, um, any prop, whatever.
3: Right. The only position I have right now is Ravens minus nine and minus nine and a half. It's by far my favorite play for this, uh, you know, four game slate. I'm, I think it's and I love seeing things after the fact, but I, I love seeing that the public's on the Texans. And it, I just think people are overreacting to two things. One is the last time the Ravens were the one seed when Lamar was the MVP. First of all, he was 22 that season, just turned 23 in early January. So like days before they lost. It was his second year in the NFL. It's insane, right? This is a completely different guy. And this is a completely different team. And that game against Tennessee was weird. They had two fourth down stops. Now, he had a couple picks, and there was a fumble. I get it. But he's so much more polished now than that year. On top of that, this is the best set of weapons he's ever had from a receiving standpoint. Now, I know Andrews is just coming back. But it was, like, all about the running, rushing attack, His his just cheat code being how awesome he is but he didn't have this kind of like diversity from his receiving standpoints. And I just think the team as a whole is better than that year. They were dominant because it was a shock to the system what he was doing and how different it was than what opposing defenses were seeing. Now, a lot of people see mobile quarterbacks and things like that. I just think that offense is special and they don't get conservative with the lead. They step on their throat. They'll yeah. press. Like even against the Niners, they kept scoring on that Monday night game. So that's the, that's the number one thing. And the other thing is just... Everyone talks about these stats and everything. Oh, the you know, teams don't cover these spreads after a bye week. And they're if you look at just the last five years, the teams that had a bye or the one seeds that ended up not covering, it was like Mahomes had a hurt ankle or he got he got substituted out for Chad Henney because he had a concussion or That's something right, like that. The Browns, yeah. Or the Tennessee Titans, who were a farce of a one seed. They weren't even Bengals, like really big yep. favorites, right? So and then there was one year where I think the, the the Saints didn't cover against the Eagles, and that was totally legit. They only won by six, and that was a good cover by the dog. But besides that, like the year the Eagles were the one seed, but that was the one seed because they had Wentz, and then Foles was the quarterback. Like, they end up being home underdogs in the NFC championship game anyway. So a lot of the times, they otherwise, we've seen teams just get trucked. Like, yeah. these teams that win the first week look pretty good, but why did Houston win? They have a dynamic quarterback. They were at home, and they were playing – a Cleveland team that had a quarterback that was on a couch a month ago, right? Like there wasn't really a true playoff team. Like they've got wins that the Browns did like with their defense. And then they beat like the jets at home. No offense to your jets, but like they beat the jets <laughs> at home on a Thursday night. Everyone's celebrating. This wasn't like a juggernaut of a wild card team or whatever. Like, like they weren't that good. And even Flacco give him all the credit in the world. It played well and they go, but he was still throwing interceptions in these, it was they just won games that they were much that they figured out a way to win down the stretch and i don't know it, it, houston is good and stroud's gonna be great i love what, where they're headed but this is a different ass they're going on the road baltimore's a, a juggernaut they're probably the best team in the league i like laying the points and you have a great yeah. kicker and tucker if you need that two score lead i think i think they're going to cover uh pretty pretty easily
4: so why why if you bet this quickly why not the same vibe on the Niners against Jordan Love?
3: Well, I think the Packers are a much different team the second half, right? So this Packers version, we've seen teams over the years get hot. You know, the Giants who won the Super Bowl and beat the eighteen and O Patriots. Like we've yeah. seen teams make runs. Um, for example, we've only had the one seed versus one seed in, in the Super Bowl four times in the last 11 years, 14 times in the last like 45 years or something ridiculous. So we do see upsets of these one seeds. And I, I like the Niners a lot and I do think they come out of the NFC, but covering nine and a half, like when Purdy's had to play down the trailing, it's not been that pretty like week two, I had them laying points against the Rams and it was tied late third quarter and now, that's unfair to cherry-pick a Week 2 game, that was probably, like, his worst game, frankly, except yeah. for the Ravens game. But, I mean, he's been great, and I think they cover, but I don't know if this Packers team is just, like, that much better than they were the first half of the year. Love and all this stuff. Um, he's looked great the back half of the year. I mean, Aaron Jones, like, he, you know, he turned back the clock last week. Now, I don't think they'll gash San Fran like they gashed Dallas, but this Packers team, I think, is way more uh, reliable um, or excuse me, their ceiling, I think, is higher. I think they have more weapons than this Houston team that obviously has Stroud, but they've lost Tank Dell. I mean, they have some weapons, but I think their defense could get really torched as well. And I think the Packers' defense could too, but I, 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 just, I just think the gap is, strong, is wider with the Ravens and Houston than it is in the NFC.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
4: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL Playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So yeah, if you were taking a favorite say on Sunday, parlayed with another favorite say on Sunday, there's a real good opportunity for you to cash here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code STRAIGHTFIRE. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Fire. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources I'm an idiot, and um, I irrationally like the Chiefs here. Um, Plus two and a half, money line, under. Um, I I, I know it's baked in, but I can't get over the extra two days the Chiefs have um, to to be ready for this game, and I can't get over the Bills injury report. I'm I'm waiting to monitor it. I'm assuming if more of the linebackers and DBs are out that we're going to see this go down to two, um, maybe one and a half. It's weird. You mentioned earlier that the public, like the Texans, a, where do you go to see who the public is on? It varies among guests. And then B, what are you seeing for this game? Public versus? Um, I I know.
3: don't use it as a uh, arbiter of my bets. Yeah, so I
4: I, I don't agree.
3: care if I line up with the public. If I love the Texans this week and I saw the Texans on or the public on the Texans, I'd be fine with it. Like they win, you know, about fifty percent of the time. It's, it's just it's the juice that kicks it in, and the market is what it is. You raised a good point about the number having stuff baked in. Yes and no. So odds makers hate anything that's like a variable. So what they want is both teams at full strength, you know, no injuries, like no, like extra rest, nothing. Cause they, the number is going to be a true number. And, and I think people need to realize this, the betting market and in the NFL, especially, you know, something so liquid and high volume, like a playoff game is the truest thing that they have to a coin flip or like the casino floor. So the roulette wheel, think about the roulette wheel. We know the odds of red and black, and then there's two greens, right? If you bet red, you're getting paid 50-50, one to one on that. But the the house has the black and then the two extra greens. Yeah. That sliver that they have is the edge. That's I know the math doesn't quite match up, but that's like the equivalent of minus 110, right? They're you're laying odds, and you're only gonna win, you know, you're that's the edges that the books have. So they want a They want a true point spread, and they'll just collect over time. They'll let you bet as much as you want over time. And so if the public wins, they don't care because the public is just going to bet another spin of the roulette wheel where they have the edge, whatever color, plus the two greens. So to your point about it's baked in, I think it's baked in, but you may think it has a bigger advantage than the market, right? Like the moving parts, in this case, the injuries to the Buffalo or the extra rest that Kansas City has, like it's not like you know that and the odds makers don't or the betting market doesn't but the betting market may not reflect it as much as you prioritize it. Not that you have a model, but your imaginary model of columns or whatever, you're putting a higher weight on that than maybe the market does. And that's where all these math modelers who bet against one another, that's where they differ. They prioritize like an O-line injury or whatever. So just in your head, you're prioritizing that. For me, I'm prioritizing Mahomes. I don't think people realize how much of a difference maker he is. Like we know he's the face of the NFL and all that, but – I mean, I did a story when Belichick, excuse me, when Brady left New England that Brady and Belichick was the 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 best head coach quarterback combo in the history of sports betting. Now, Walsh and Montana had a slightly better ATS cover percentage, but the market was nowhere near as tight then in the 80s and 90s Mm. as it was now. And I had quotes from math modelers like Preston who said, look, I adjusted my numbers as much as possible. I still cannot figure out how to properly adjust for Belichick. He was doing things that we, as prognosticators and predictive modeling, could not figure out. He was just that good. Now, that's because he would make teams play left-handed. Stuff like previous stats were not really actionable moving forward for Belichick because he would just think of different ways to beat the next opponent. And I think Mahomes is kind of like that. He's just a difference maker. When he's an underdog, he's crazy against the spread. When he's favored by three or less, he's ridiculous. So I just think... Now they may cover, of course, but I think it's silly to bet on Buffalo when these when these point spreads are involved. Like, there's just got to be better things to do, even on Sunday, whether it be a college basketball game or an NBA game. Like, I think it's silly. I think, I think you can take plus three with with KC. I'm hoping that it gets back to three because it's flirted with three a little bit all week. And maybe I'll just wait for in game or something like that. I just don't think there's, mm-hmm. I just don't think you're gonna win long term betting against Mahomes, laying points even at home and things okay. like that. To your point, the ed- the rest edge and the injury edge is there with kansas city
4: yeah and uh uh, you mentioned trends we don't do a ton of them on here obviously you could throw them out there but i do know i I, because i hear from people i I mean i don't like watch or listen to some of these other guys but it seems like other gambling people are pushing trends like you are exclusively betting trends and i don't know doug that just feels really dangerous i'm not trying to call anybody out i just know when people say hey did you see that this guy is 12 and 2 against the spread Blah, blah blah i'm like Do you know how tiny of a sample size that is? Like, what? That's so irrelevant. Like, the whole space, coaches, all this. I I don't know, Doug. I don't want to go off, but uh, the whole space is
3: dangerous. The whole space is reckless. I don't think networks in general fully understand, like, the domino effect of something like when they put out a trend. Like, I think in their vacuum, I think they're being fair, and so much of the betting public. Is like $1 parlays trying to make like 8,000 on like a nine leg. (laughs) So I think there's a lot of like the lottery ticket component. And I think that create that's fun content and all that stuff. And I think that's why the trends and all that, I think they're approaching it and executives and things like that. And I look, I used to work at a network, right? Like I know that they they don't think they're like screaming at the TV with a 900 number and doing this. They're not. But and there are people out there. And and it's, this is not an indictment on the networks. It's just there are people in anywhere that are just going to like take information. Like let's just say it's Fox or ESPN or whatever. Oh my God, a person on TV said this. I'm going to tail them. But like it's a it's a it's an area that if you're 57 percent, 58 percent success rate, you're awesome. So you're going to be wrong 42 percent. I mean, it's, yeah. that's a really hard thing for people who have not bet for a long time to wrap their head around and to understand where just how small the margins are. And, you know, like, you know, you can have a good run in a contest, but that's not you, repeatable. So I, I just think the whole space is reckless, right? Because we talked about pro bettors aren't even in this. So it's like, you know, I don't want to be too extreme, but it's almost like it's a bunch of flag football players talking about, like, breaking down NFL games and not former NFLers, right? It's a bunch of people who like, football. you know, that's the parallel here, right? People. Well, who-
4: wait, well wait, hold on. Some of the, the NF, former NFL players, you've been around a lot of ESPN. I'm around a lot of Fox those are the last guys I'm asking for their thoughts on a game. Now, right, right. I do love, Doug, asking them, hey, you know this coach well. Tell me how he matches up well against da 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 And a couple times, I'm not going to name anybody, but it's like, listen, this quarterback cannot pass against zone at all. And then you can go find the stats and back that up. And they're going to throw zone at him, and it's going to be a shit show. And, like, yeah, that's the kind of small edge. But I wouldn't say to, like, you know, Joe Bob. Hey, man, who you got this weekend in Lions Bucks? Like, there's no value there. I don't care if that guy played 15 years in the league, you know?
3: I was trying to make the parallel that, like, if there are no pro bettors in the betting vertical, then that's like having no NFL players, former NFL players in the NFL vertical. And you have a bunch of adult league flag football players, right? Like, that's (laughs) really what it is talking. Because right now, you have like anchors and stuff like that giving out their picks for the weekend who, and they're not promising wins or they're not doing anything destructive, anything or intentionally, intentionally. But it's really just a very free-flowing, casual space, and that's fine because that's clearly what the public is. I don't think the public, and this is where I'm trying to go with my, you know, my uh, new venture. And I could be in the wrong, and probably I am, just given what the masses are. But I'm trying to go like four and two on an NFL Sunday, or right three and one things like that. Whereas others are trying to do all these props, and here's picks on every game, same game parlay, not right. And and the masses may want that, and I. And there may n- be no demand for what I'm doing. That's fine, but that's not what I do. I only do this, and this is what I'm betting, and this is what you know my inner circle does. And you know, I'm laying, like at the national championship game. I did a video on our homepage. It said I'm not betting it. You know, like I don't think that's going to really move the needle uh, for your audience. But now, eventually, I got a, a text that like, hey, all the sharp groups are coming in on Michigan. But it was an hour before kickoff and things like that. So I tweeted it. I shared that information as much as best as I can, and. You know, we're like trying to do an app. We're not trying to, we have an app. We're just fine tuning it right now. But like, that's like sort of the problem with this is most people aren't like hammering games and doing stuff. Like, I'm betting a lot, things like that. I'm not trying to do same game parlays. I don't think no. I've ever done one. Now, that I've done a couple, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've done some um, prop parlays and things like that when I've traveled because DraftKings and FanDuel aren't allowed in Nevada right now. So uh, that's where I live. And obviously, I can't do them on a daily basis. But it's just different sort of appetites for the consumer. But I do think you're right. Like there is like the trends. I like to, I do trend stuff on my show and I break it down. I was yeah, like, Hey, it's
4: okay to mention. I was like, yeah, does this course.
3: trend make sense? And like, you know, we, you know, we call it Taylor Bale. So like, I'm ba- I basically bailing on it. Cause here's why it doesn't make sense. But I do think there are some that are actionable. And that's what I think is a fun segment to dissect is, does okay. this make sense? Like the lions are awesome this year off a of loss going back to last season. I think they've won and covered like eight straight. And to me, like, that made sense. Like, they're a young team. It's hard to win and keep that sustained success, right? Like, there, there's a maturity that comes with playing and being one of the better teams. It's just hard. Like, you human nature to relax a little bit. Yeah. But off a loss, like, they have the talent. Like, the prep going into that week or whatever. Like, their their focus is there. All that kind of stuff, I think, is really good. Like, in yeah. the NBA, like, really good teams off a loss, I like to bet on. Things along those times where the sample size of an entire season's stats is not really represented.
4: Yeah, I, I would largely agree with that. But for instance, like last weekend, you know, listen, I, I didn't love a ton of the side. So I got a little exotic. I took an over. Uh, I took an under. And then I had like, listen, I thought the best bet of the weekend It's kind of lame. But money line parlay, give me the bills, give me the Chiefs. Like that's a slam dunk. That was a non-sweat at all in any way, shape or form. Right. It's funny. So my this,
3: my best bet was just
4: Kansas City money line. Yeah. There, there yeah. you go. So this weekend, Doug. Okay. If you're looking for what looks to be even money, a money line parlay: Ravens, Niners, Lions. Who who screws that up?
3: So I really like the concept of this one because the Lions are the last leg chronologically. So let's say you take care of business on Saturday with the two nine nine and a half point favorites. You can play half of that plus six and a half seven on Tampa if if that loses i would say tampa based on the point spreads and stuff like that um but i don't i wouldn't bet my life the niners win this game i mean there's there's a path in my head that like because we saw purdy like be rattled in that monday night game like the hype you know what it's like on any sort of big game there's more media attention you need to sit in on interviews whether that's the sideline reporter Okay. Or it's in this case it was Troy Aikman, the, the color analyst for the Monday night broadcast. Like there's just more attention. He's reading the press clippings. He's hearing the MVP buzz. He's been asked about it in previous weeks leading to that. He was saying McCaffrey's going to be, he knows the magnitude of that game okay. and he Wait, felt let me counter, it and let me showed that.
4: that. So Purdy, yes. Uh, struggled against the Ravens elite defense. Packers defense is complete horse manure. Now I know it was okay last week, but I thought it was more about the Dallas offense. McCarthy getting tight, Dak with the bad pass deep in his own end. I don't really have a concern with Purdy. My only fear is the, the Niners' secondary. Right. Um, and I do, I just know Shanahan with familiarity usually dominates. I remember last year, I'll never forget, it, all these sharps were like, oh, you got to take Seattle. Purdy first playoff start, got to take Seattle. It's like 17-16, Seattle at the half. And I was like, I'm doubling down on the Niners. Fuck this. And it was an easy, they no sweat them. second half. They just rolled him in the fourth. Like, Shanahan is just the best, for my, for my money, the best offensive coach in the league and he's going to make no mince meat of the packers. I I like the team total for the Niners over. Um but I, mean, but I guess my pushback is so Purdy I think was nervous. I think it was more than
3: obviously the Ravens defense was excellent. But I I guess my point was like he could crumble, I guess. I'm just I'm thinking of scenarios that like the, the reasons it could, that that part money line part could go up in flames is could he like be just nervous like he was that Monday night game cuz I think it was Obviously, you give the Ravens credit, but I think some of it was nerves, right? He rolled right; it was a long play, and then he forced one back over the middle. Sometimes yeah. you're just rattled and you know wet down your leg, so to speak. So that could happen. But also the Lions,
4: Lions, yeah, that's the.
3: I think this Tampa Bay team is really good. So, like my favorite win total bet was Tampa Bay over six and a half plus plus Whoa. money coming into the weekend. Because, and I give credit to my my partner who talked about this. He goes, "Look, dude, last year they had the second highest win total coming into the season. Now they had Brady." But the roster was legit. The defense is legit. The weapons are legit. And so they lose Gronk and they lose Brady. Now, not peak Brady. Brady's last NFL season. But that was a mash unit with offensive line injuries. They had all these issues blocking. And so everyone comes back and healthy. And their over-under for win total is going to drop like five wins. He's like, no. Like, Mayfield was decent with the Rams. I think McVay sort of hit the hard reset with him. And he and I – like, look, I thought – um Either of the quarterbacks would be fine for the Bucs. I didn't think Mayfield would play this well. But if you look at it, like, that defense, that defensive front is legit. The secondary has playmakers. Those receivers are studs. He's developed Otten with the tight end. Like, they're – I'm not saying they winning the Super Bowl, but they're like a, a – they're not the Texans in my eyes. Now, the Texans okay. have a much better quarterback. But Mayfield and this team and, like, that defense is pretty solid. Like, Detroit – Detroit's best two and a half quarters of every game is Super Bowl worthy. The problem is their quarter and change. Mm. Like they just kind of hit a wall sometimes. Like, like I understand we made such a big to do about the Lions with the checking in who's eligible and the, that whole that game against the Cowboys on that Saturday night. Let's not forget Detroit got the ball down four and, and Goff threw an interception right away. And then they gave okay. up a field goal to make it a seven point margin. And then they got the ball back and then drove them. But yeah. Goff will make mistakes. He's more likely to make them in cold weather on the road. I get it. It's at home. But I worry that Detroit's feeling themselves a little too much and he, celebrating too much. I like the dog with the points. I'm not sure they'll win. Okay. But if I had to pick a team that would ruin that part but you if you bet in game and you hit those first two legs, you have some wiggle room. Yeah. And it's not all binary. You can play a 30-year bet before game plus six and a half and then create a middle and like do some stuff like that where you manage a portfolio if you like those first two legs that much more.
4: So – um, based on you kind of, sort of thinking the Packers could pull the upset or keep it close, and thinking the Bucks are going to be live plus six and a half, do you think plus one thousand Green Bay to win the NFC is is smart? And then Tampa plus ten forty because frankly, if the Packers win against San Fran and they got to go to Detroit, uh, I don't. What's the line there? Detroit like minus two and a half? I mean, Green Bay spanked them the last time. And then if Tampa's able to pull it off and the Niners stumble. Tampa already beat the Packers. This was like a month ago. So, do you think it's worth throwing a couple some pizza money on either of those teams to, to to shock the world of the NFC?
3: So it's a great idea because the what you what you do last will shape so much of the next week's point spread and money line. So right now they're what like plus three seventy five is probably the best number. Who for the Packers money line on Sunday on Saturday? Oh, oh night. yeah yeah, Pl- just oh, the money yeah. line. So you're asking uh, is ten to one makes sense? So it's basically, and I'm not good at this. I need to like literally write it down, but you're basically asking me is like, would they be better less than two to one odds at Detroit? But they, but they conceivably could face Tampa, right? Like that's what you're saying. So
4: they, I would, would say they, who's a seven seed
3: uh, oh, Packers
4: are so yeah. Tampa could host the NFC title. Game. Right.
3: Right. Obviously that would be better than, you know, in theory, Tampa's obviously you'd rather play at Tampa than at Detroit, at Tampa, but, than
4: Green Bay and yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But Green yeah. Bay is better than, you know, obviously already won at Detroit on Thanksgiving. I think 10 to one's probably a good bet then. Um, and you can probably find better than ten to one, right, at, at various places.
4: Yeah, I, I,
3: I, I don't think it's that terrible. I think the Packers like sort of fit the mold. Like I heard someone this morning because the the Niners futures got lowered because Dallas lost, right? So they yeah. they were plus two fifteen to win it all, and now they're one seventy five, two hundred. Oh, that, or for the NFC, yeah. So the NFC they they got, but some would argue like the Packers sort of wild card nature, like the variance of them. Yeah, actually gives the Niners a little bit more doubt. Like I think that's a fair argument. You yeah,
4: because- no, you're right. I can see Packers shocking them, but I can also see, and I think it's more likely 38 17, 49ers. Um, I, like we're just forgetting, Green Bay got shredded by Bryce friggin' Young. Within the last few weeks, like, there, I think, Doug, the recency bias this weekend is going to get a lot of people who like the dogs. That's just me. I could, Of course I could be wrong. That happens right. a
3: lot this round. That's why I like the one seeds a little bit. I'll also say this. I believe this is Green Bay's fourth road
4: game in five weeks. And yes, yep, 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 yep. I, I definitely agree. And they had the early bye. I think it was like week five or six. So that team, I know they got a lot of young dudes, but they are banged up. Like, But the they've been playing
3: like a draining schedule. Like, like, you felt that in that Bears game week 18, right? Like, yeah. it was just, like, and then they're, like, going before that when they lost at the Giants on that Monday night, there was mental mistakes. Muff Yeah, I think Love got stripped, and hey, Love had a pick. You,
4: you could argue that Dan Quinn thought he had the Seattle job in the bag And I know he would never admit this, and you can push back. But, like, my guess is the week of the game, oh, we're touchdown favorites? Come on, we got these guys. Let me start building my staff late at night and reaching out to guys who might want to coach with me in Seattle. Like, you know he's doing that. That's, like, what any normal human would do. So you're probably not as locked in on this game as, as Kyle Shanahan, who said we started prepping it, what, the second quarter or something like that? Um, I don't know. I also I just, don't
3: think the Cowboys are that good, too. That's the other thing. I think they're overrated. I mean, I don't think the defense was that good. Bland was very opp- opportunistic with the pick sixes. But, like, this was not like a wagon of a team. I mean, they stumbled into the division championship because the Eagles botched so much the second half of the season. And I think the offense can hum, but some of these home road splits and all this was inflated by some of their opponents. Like, this team was terrible at Buffalo. Played pretty well at Miami, but Miami's an overrated team, too. They're a bunch of wussies as well. And they showed it last weekend against the Chiefs in cold weather. Like, these teams did not belong in the conversation to begin with. Like, did you, like, maybe week 13, did you just look at the futures and be like, only like four or five teams can win this thing anyway?
4: Well, that the weird part is Dallas had been humming until that Seattle game. They got a little exposed. Like Gino Smith is torching you. I know it's a Thursday <laughs> night, but come on. Um, I thought they were one of the five that could win. I lost some futures on Dallas. I mean, I've lost futures on several teams that have been bounced now. Right. Um, it's fair. I I thought Dallas was. Li- I, I thought Dallas is best.
3: Like stars. Like things would definitely have to break their way. But I thought I could. I could have seen them coming out of the NFC for sure. Like I, I think their best is is really good. It's just they weren't consistent enough, and that's my concern with Detroit. Like, Detroit's best can win it all. Like, they're probably, like, the the cusp of, like, who can win and who can't, right? Like, yeah. they could if things break right. Obviously, if, like, the Niners lost, it'd be the biggest gift ever for them. But, like, they they could win, but I just think at some point you need a team that can play four solid quarters. So, I like, in the AFC, obviously, the Ravens, and then I think it's either, I mean, Mahomes or Allen could obviously win it all just by themselves, but that yeah. team has been so shaky like they you know the the operative phrase is they play with their food like no one plays with their food more than the bills and the chiefs this year uh and i feel like that's gonna hurt them at some
4: point along the way uh um, maybe both i'll, I'll of them. wrap up rant very random have you bet any uh are there any out there college football futures i know they're like posted online but next year in a casino yeah because <clears throat> um i'm gonna be in vegas at least for a little bit during super bowl week um maybe just a few hours, but I definitely want to lay it with Ohio state. I have a gut feeling. They are assuming Harbaugh leaves. Right. Um, and they right. lose like 15, 20 guys to the pros. I think Ohio state's probably the team for next year. Are you comfortable with Ryan day? I am. Some well, fans are not, I'm okay state. with it. Yeah. I'm okay with him. I don't
3: think he's good with I mean, I think he knows what he's doing. Obviously. But
4: ha- Have you bet any for next year or too early?
3: No, I was thinking about loading up on a uh, Alabama under nine and a half actually. Um, yeah. so Fand- Fandle threw that up. Yeah. I, I mean look they got Georgia at home their schedule's brutal i mean really brutal they're they're at Oklahoma the week before the iron bowl every year it's like you know it's like a random cupcake Ooh, they're playing plant. Oklahoma yeah in a, now in, in in the early season of the non-conference they're also at Wisconsin which they always play give themselves a challenge sometimes they have a neutral site game over the years they've played like Louisville Michigan but that's USA. not roast
4: beef tech you know right like, yeah,
3: yeah exactly citadel or whatever right yeah. so there's some tough in and then, just the, the middle pack of the sec is better as well. I mean, they're, you know, Missouri, obviously the coach of the year, um, they're at LSU and at Tennessee. And if that quarterback Ooh. with the Vols is that good. So there's a lot to like with a lot of other teams, although I like DeBoer and everything, but they're losing so much in the portal. Yeah. I think George is going to be an absolute animal next year, but I can't fault you for Ohio state, especially with the big 10, sort of the middle of the big 10, usually the previous few years it was pretty good. Right. This year was terrible. I mean, just yeah, very down. the whole West was down and just the, the, across the board. Iowa was a fun team to talk about in terms of betting content, but they didn't belong on the field with like real teams. So uh, I couldn't fault you with that. Like Ohio State should, you know, be in the playoff. Well, they'll be in the this year's, this new version of the playoff for sure. But yeah. I can see that for sure.
4: All right, Doug Kazarian, what's the website, Doug? And, uh, you know, you do a podcast. I'm sure, you know, the YouTube. Hit him, I'll hit him with everything. Yeah, I'll
3: hit you with everything. So, onlyplayers.com is the venture. So, it has all of our stuff on the site. So, it's just like a betting home base, like a betting page, basically. Articles, videos, and our YouTube channel is embedded in there, but it's also on YouTube, obviously. Wager Watch is the name of the show. At Wager Watch TV is the handle. And uh, we're going to have much more content coming up. Like I said, uh, uh, our app's going to be – Reopen. We had it and then we took it down to do some edits and then we're going to be uh, relaunching it pretty soon.
4: Nice. Congrats, man. And uh, we'll talk about it. It's to you all free.
3: That's the other thing. That's, it's free. That's so it's key. like
4: a betting site uh, with
3: pics and all that stuff. But it's really just taking my cell phone and putting it on like TV and the digital platform.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment,
2: oh my God, we've summoned something from this board